Yeah, I thought I sent in here, so I was like... <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would have been, like, talking and trying to get the filler stuff to the beginning. <laughs> I should probably eat this chocolate before it screws up my... Uh, Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that is totally baffled and is completely clueless as to how much kryptonite is on the planet because it really seems too easy for the bad guys to acquire it. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for this evening. And hey, he's back. It's Pete. (laughs) I was just going to say, I'm back, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, How's it going? Pete is joining us after a hiatus, and then Ryan is here as well. Um, All right, so real quick, Peter, where were you? So oh, everyone so, knows um, where you work. Yeah, we had some I fun actually, last week, but you... <laughs> I actually uh, got some free tickets to go see a uh, local uh, theaters version of The Wizard of Oz. So All right. that was pretty good. awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. It was, um, you know, it's like one of those things where the special effects were pretty uh, impressive. They had a lot of... Um, they used a projector a lot, which is actually really cool in a smaller, like, local theater space. But... Uh, Another really cool thing was um, there's this cool motif where the uh, all the parts of the story where Dorothy's on the farm, they had like those wind, uh, I don't even know what you call them, but those like to- like towers with like the spinning wheel on top that shows They're which way the fans. Right? <laughs> but, it, but it shows like which way the wind's blowing or whatever. Oh, okay. And as oh, once weather she, vane. Yeah, okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> once she went into Oz, they still used that same shape as a motif, but it actually turned into gears. And everything, like, in the land of Oz had this cool, like, gear-like uh, steampunk sort of aesthetic to it. So oh, that was actually a, pretty that's awesome. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, well, I'm glad you're back. We had yeah. some fun last week as a last-minute uh, thing. We talked about some new fandom. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, check it out. I, had, I thought it was cool. Um, before we really get going, quick housekeeping. Okay. Um, we talked about planned episodes that we were going to do. We realized we're getting close to Christmas. Um Apple has a vacation that they have planned, so if I did my math right, next week has to be our Christmas episode. If I didn't do our math right, <laughs> then our Christmas episode will be the delayed episode. So right. I'm just trying to space it out so it lands correctly for us. So we're going to do Christmas next week. Uh, we'll talk more about that at the end of the show. Um, but because we're at year's end, we're going to have to do best of 2018, like our favorite movies of the year, yeah. and we're going to have to do our anticipated movies for next year because next year we have a whole slate of films because I've already looked at like what's coming like we have a new Star Wars coming we have Captain Marvel coming we have another Avengers coming like my wallet's already hurting (laughs) so (laughs) we need to talk about that but what I wanted to explain though was that so we'll do Christmas next week the following week I think we should do anticipated movies of 2019 Let's do okay. it right yeah, away. That way, the year ends, and we're already in 2019, and we're discussing new stuff. Yeah. Okay? We're going to save our favorite movies from 2018 till February, because the Oscars don't happen until February 24th, which means we're in Oscar push season. Okay. Okay? So, because we're in Oscar push season, all the movies that release at the end of the year, uh, like Steve Carell has a new movie coming out called Beautiful Boy. I think it's already out. Um, it's about the kid who's suffering from a meth addiction. So now we're dealing with art house films that are really yeah. hard sits as opposed to these fun and exciting comic book movies <laughs> yeah. and action films. 
But regardless of that, Oscar push season is in. This is what the Academy really looks at. So it's stuff we need to talk about. And I want to give us time to at least see all the movies that we intended to see. Yeah, that's fair Okay, enough. so there's a chance that we won't see all of them by Oscar time. But at least we'll have a chance to catch up on anything that we meant to. So, for example, if you haven't seen... Let's say you haven't seen Jurassic World 2 yet, and you were meaning to, and you wanted to before the end of the year, Mm -hmm. you have a little extra time. I just figured that was the best way to go about it. So we'll just use Oscar's date as our time to do our 2018 list. Oscar's date to talk about all the movies that aren't at the Oscars. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, With that said, uh, Kevin Hart was announced as the host. Uh, for the Oscars, I like Kevin Hart. I think yeah, I thought gonna, that's I, gonna I be pretty great. I know. Yeah. I think that'll be really cool because his from the announcement, he seems really excited about it. <laughs> nice. Um, and then the Oscars air is February twenty fourth, so we'll make sure we get our. It'll either right after the Oscar. We'll make sure that episode is either right after the Oscars or right before. We'll time it out. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's it for planned episodes. I wanted to bring that up because there's a lot of stuff coming out. That I mean, there's Oscar movies that I'm looking forward to uh, that have already been discussed. Uh, so we'll see where things go. Yeah. Um, are we watching anything? Let's jump Um, to that. I actually did watch a bunch of movies. I'm going to not talk about all of them tonight, but, uh, you could just just rattle off and hit the highlights (laughs) if you want. Um, yeah, I was just going to talk about the highlights for now and then I watched a Christmas movie. I'll save till next week, but, uh, yeah, I finally got a chance to watch. Oh, I watched a Christmas movie. Should I save (laughs) it till next week? I was just figuring let's, uh. You know what? That's a good point. I'll save the Christmas movie I watched till next week. Go ahead. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, you don't have to. I was Go just, ahead. That was my personal strategy to just bombard our audience <laughs> with Christmas spirit, you know? Um, sure. So uh, I finally got a chance to watch The Nun, which I was talking about. I was pretty yeah. excited. That's finally on video. So what I got out of this movie is kind of exactly what I was expecting and hoping for, which is just a cool, um, old-timey um like gothic horror movie um which i really enjoyed i think how it stacks up compared to a lot of the or to the rest of the conjuring movies i think annabelle creation i to me is my personal favorite like that's the one i would say is at the top of the stack and then conjuring 2 i think i enjoyed the story the most this one's probably closer to the level of the original annabelle as far as scariness and story wise um but overall i enjoyed it because it was you know that old-timey gothic horror that took me to another place and had some sure. scares in it. Um, the other movie I got to watch was uh, Teen Titans Go. I finally or Teen, Teen Titans, Titans Go, Go to, to the, the movies. movies. Yeah, I finally got to see that, and uh, mm-hmm. that movie I loved. Like I loved every minute of it. Um, I thought the animation was uh, stepped up a lot from the show. I liked how uh, I didn't know it was going to be a musical, so that was kind of funny, but. I, liked I, I kind of expected the musical <laughs> side of the movie because the TV show has lots <laughs> see, of music in it. See, and I haven't watched a lot of the TV show. Oh, okay. so it's like, but well, then I, my kid watches, that's all that's ever on our TV, yeah. so I catch it a lot. <laughs> I, um, I liked how every song, they kind of changed up the animation style, and some of that actually I thought was... A little more impressive than what I'd seen I on loved the TV too. how not only did I mean they made fun of the Marvel films, they made mm-hmm. fun of the DC films, they made fun of like basically any superhero movie genre ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the basis the basic plot to Teen Titans Go to the movies is basically Robin doesn't understand why there's all these superhero movies and he doesn't have his own movie. <laughs> yeah. So he's basically going to Hollywood to try and get a movie about him made. Mm-hmm. Which I mean that subject matter is kind of funny anyway. Um, did you have a favorite 
uh, comic book reference in the movie. I have one, oh, and it is the deepest cut that I I was floored when this happened, okay. and I was the only person in the theater to laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which means I'm the only one in the theater who understood that joke. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, I I really enjoyed Stan Lee's cameo, and then later on, this is a spoiler, but. There's another Stan Lee cameo, so there's multiple ones of those, and that was, that was awesome. And then uh, there's also this part that I actually saw in a uh, teaser clip before the movie came out, but it's this part where uh, the team of Teen Titans are getting chased by all these uh, superheroes through like the Warner Brothers studio lot, and uh, they're riding on like this golf cart, and behind them... Uh, they're getting chased by Batman in the Batmobile, and there's oh, this weird thing yes. where... Um, <laughs> this so, is such a cool scene. <laughs> so, so, so there's this weird thing where cy- uh, Cyborg's on top of the golf cart, and the uh, camera zooms in on Cyborg's butt, and his butt, like, splits in half, and his face <laughs> comes out from between his butt cheeks, and then his two butt cheeks, like, turn towards the Batmobile, and they're, like, two guns inside of his butt cheeks <laughs> yeah. that basically come out, and they start firing at the Batmobile, but every time they fire at the Batmobile, there's, like, a explosion with a puff of smoke, and then out of the explosion comes some sort of smaller <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, vehicle that Batman's riding so on. Start, so do you remember the order? Because it starts as the Batmobile, mm-hmm. and then it goes to, like, the Bat Cycle, yeah. I think, and then it goes to, like, the Bat Razor Scooter. Yep, and, like- <laughs> and, and, then, and then after that, it's, like... Batman, I think, riding on top of uh, Commissioner Gordon's shoulders and Commissioner <laughs> Gordon's running. And I just thought that part was such like great um, visual comedy. The, the reference that I that made me laugh out loud in the theater, and I was the only one, was when they were trying to get into the movie screening, mm-hmm. and the the bouncer wouldn't let him in. But then the characters from the Guardians Unknown came up. And like, well, we're the guardians of the unknown, and he's like, oh yeah, you're on the list, and let him in. And Robin's like, nobody knows who they are. <laughs> yeah. The, the, Which uh, made me, and I'm like laughing because I know who the guardians of the unknown are, but no one else in the yeah. theater did. Um, and then I actually liked how those characters kind of were a running gag, where just like really funny things happened with them throughout the whole yeah. thing. So, and I loved the. Uh, Oh, sorry, I'm just thinking of more no, parts, right. but I love the uh, Batman v Superman parody they had in there, they too. They had a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> they kept doing that a lot, which mm-hmm. is great. Like, they, I just love the fact that they have... DC's willing to make fun of themselves, and it's <coughs> not always the case on the other side of the pond. Yeah. <laughs> so, Well, it's cool. It's like uh, that movie and then uh, Lego Batman kind of are t- carrying the tradition of, you know... Naked Gun and the old, you know, parody movies, but they're just doing it in animated form, so right. I kind of enjoy that. So Very cool. Did you see anything else? Um, that's probably the highlights of what I watched. I watched some pretty bad movies, too, but we don't need to talk about those. So. All right. That's uh, how about you? All right. So I'm going to save my Christmas watch for next week. Okay. Uh, but um, uh, I'm watching my shows like usual. All right. Uh, Flash just celebrated their 100th episode. So the 100th episode aired. Uh, Arrow had their 100th episode a few years ago. It was fantastic. This Flash one was mind-blowing. Like, it was mind-blowing good. Like, I was at the edge of my seat from beginning to end. It was just amazing. Um, If you're watching Flash and you haven't watched this episode yet, um, the title of the episode is The Past is Prologue, which Mm -hmm. is such a cool title for that episode when you see the episode. But, I mean, either way, the past is prologue, which is cool. And, like, that's just a cool, like, sentence by itself. Um, So, no, the episode, it was great. Nice. And Flash is running as always. Uh, But what's really exciting, I know Ryan watches this show. 
Um, the Marvelous Miss Maisel mm. is back. Do you watch that? No, I haven't, you I haven't it watched it at all. It's, a, it's an Amazon show. It's about stand-up comedy in the early 60s, late 50s, early 60s. It's about a woman comic. It is. It's swept the Emmys. Best actress, best show, best writer, best director. Like it just got everything it deserved, and you know what I mean. It's swept. It's probably one of the best shows out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Amazon. This is the second season. I watched the first two episodes. It's fantastic. And as soon as we're done recording, my butt's gonna be camped on the seat, and I'll be watching a couple more episodes, <laughs> <laughs> at least one tonight before I go to bed. But. That show is fantastic, so I'm was so there, glad it's back. Uh, was, oh, it's just back. I didn't it's know if there's a back. specific episode that you no, saw that you're really excited about. Or. Well, that's the thing. It's like you could go. I would recommend this. If you have Amazon Prime, go to your Amazon video, fire it up, watch the very first episode of the show, and I guarantee you'll be hooked. I'm one of those guys that does the uh, give it three episodes and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Like If you're not hooked by three episodes, you can quit. Um, it's okay to quit because you gave it a fair shot. This is one you'll be hooked by the end of the first episode. Okay, like it's nice. it's that good, and it just gets better and better as it goes. So, um, but it's about stand up comedy, which is great. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm a big comedy fan. I got really into stand up. I've never done stand up, but I got really big into stand up comedy, like watching it and listening to it and that kind of stuff in the '90s uh, during the big comedy boom, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I've always really appreciated it as a f- art form, and so this was just really this is just really cool to watch. So awesome, yeah. Um, is that it for you? Yeah, because that's all I've watched. Because otherwise, I gotta save my Christmas. <laughs> nice. All right, so we have a ton of news. So let's talk about this. Um, I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna bounce around the list a little bit <laughs> on enough. the whiteboard. So let's talk about Friends real quick and get that over with. Okay. Um, if you didn't know, Warner, everyone needs a streaming service, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So Warner Brothers is going to start their own streaming service. Interesting. All right. Friends is owned by Warner Brothers, and it's on Netflix. And Netflix is losing all this property. Okay, this is where the, this is where the story, like, I'm going to give a number, and you're going to go, holy crap. Friends is on Netflix, to keep friends from being pulled from Netflix, Netflix is paying a $100 million royalty fee to keep friends on Netflix through 2019. Okay. And then yeah, at the end insane. of and at the end of 2019, it has to be renegotiated. Like that's insane. Mm-hmm. I you know, sometimes you're like, oh my god, my cable bill is so much. I want to know what your streaming bill is if you have like if you like subscribe to like all these streaming services that are out there right now, what's your streaming bill compared to my cable bill? That's what I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a hundred million dollars to keep friends until the end of 2019. That's crazy. Ryan's just shaking his head like that's I saw. Nuts. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter, like somebody who's in the streaming service business. I don't know exactly which facet of it he's involved in, but he was talking about how. Friends is Netflix, one of Netflix's biggest shows, and right. like one of its most popular things that ever. Yeah, watching, and I know, so. and there's a, there's this friend I have who watches Friends. She gets to the end of the show, and then immediately starts watching it. Again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she just starts it over, and she's like, "Ah, finished Friends," and then she starts it over. I don't know how many times she's watched it through from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. I really does like, she, does I she really watch like that shows, show. Or? I watched it through. I watched Friends through from. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Friends? That's a really okay. good question. Um, I've watched Friends through from beginning to end 
five, maybe six times in actual succession. And then you catch reruns here and there because it's on every channel. I don't know um, how many times she's seen it mm -hmm. from beginning to end. I think I've watched it all out of order probably five or six times, but every once in a while I'll see an episode when like, we have it on Netflix and I'm just like, I don't think I've ever seen this episode before. <laughs> it's really weird, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I just think that's crazy. So we'll see how that goes, but I want to let everybody know if you've seen reports of this, Friends is not going anywhere yet. Uh, there's at least another year before any craziness yeah. happens off of Netflix. It's another thing where, like, uh, me and my wife have gotten sick of watching it before, and uh, we've, we're like, oh, I'm so bored with Friends, I don't, like, I've watched it too much. And then a couple weeks later, we have it on the TV again, too. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's just a good default TV show, I right. think. Um, okay, so uh, the Joker film wraps filming production apparently this is i didn't i didn't, didn't have notice? anything about this yet. okay but so, to be fair i'm like trying to follow this movie as little as possible because right. i want to be surprised when i well, actually see well that's it, the thing know? all we ever saw was pictures of the joker yeah and we've heard reports that the batmobile was reported on set but there's been no pictures <laughs> yeah there's you know what well, i mean so from, we don't know anything yeah from the pictures um, i've seen i'm convinced this movie is has only one scene in it because every picture I've seen is exactly <laughs> the same. So, right. so uh, when I say it wraps production, uh, principal photography is done. They're going into post work, mm -hmm. which means reshoots will still have to be ordered and computer editing and whatever the case may be. But the film has technically been completed for now um, until we get more. So that just means we're a little bit away from a trailer. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine... So how about this? The film's supposed to be out in October, I think, next year. We'll probably have a trailer by Super Bowl. That would be my guess. They'll have that, to have... That's fast. They'll need something. I have a feeling... So here's what happens. They'll either need a trailer by Super Bowl, trailer by Oscars, but there's not many other big events unless you're tagging it to, like, another movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They could tack it on Shazam when it comes out in May. You know what I mean? So like, or when you, I mean, they could still release it at Comic Con. They I could. Mean. I just feel that they need to get it out in advance. Like they try. You, I think they need to give it at least six months in advance. That's why I was saying Super Bowl. Okay. So um, I could be wrong, but that's just the thought. So that's. I mean, that's the Joker news. One of my thoughts is just that it seems like it started and wrapped filming very fast, and I don't know at all if this is the case but it makes me feel like it might be that sort of smaller scale lower budget street level film that we're all hoping it to be right so i don't know if that's if i'm just looking into it too far but that's kind of i don't know either yeah i i, I don't know either and i'm i know a lot of people a lot of people have issues with trailers nowadays because they feel that trailers are spoilers and i get it but trailers are also meant to be exciting Mm -hmm. And what you and the way trailers, I here's how like they release a teaser trailer, which is like thirty seconds to a minute, and it's meant to not show you anything. It's basically meant to announce the movie and get you excited that this is coming. Okay. Later, they will release a full trailer, what they refer to as a full trailer, which is about two minutes, and it's story stuff, just to give you an idea of the story that's trying to be told. Then it's TV spots. Yeah. Maybe a third trailer, but TV spots. And it's because it's the TV advertising leading up to the actual film release. Mm -hmm. What I do is I normally I will watch the teaser 
and go, sweet, that was cool looking. I don't know what I saw. Mm -hmm. I'll watch the full trailer, be more excited about the movie, and then I won't watch anything until the movie comes out. Mm -hmm. Like, I watch the trailer one time, and I'm excited, I like what I saw, and I go on my day. And then... I do my best to ignore the TV spots. If it comes on, I usually avert my eyes, that kind of thing. But I don't think, I don't normally treat, with comic book movies, it's hard for me to treat them as spoilers because I read so many comic books. Sometimes I can just see it coming, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I think in the past there's been some that have kind of shown something that should have been a surprise in the movie they gave away in the trailers, oh, yeah. for example, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm usually not trying to avoid, uh, trailers. I do usually avoid TV spots just because to me, those seem to be where they're real. It's like, they're, it's like a studio's last push to bring in, uh, customers to watch the movie. So I feel like that's when they start showing a little bit too much of the special effects, showing a little bit too much of the cool parts of the movies. And like a lot of times just all the funny punchlines from all the jokes get spoiled for you in the TV spots. So I usually try to avoid those, but trailers I usually don't worry about too much. But. Right. Well, yeah, so I don't, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I just thought, I, you know, that's kind of how that works. Um, since we're on DC News real quick, uh, there's apparently going to be a Blue Beetle movie. Yeah, and I'm actually pretty excited. Um, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that... I, I really enjoy uh, Jaime Reyes, uh, that yeah. version you of like Blue that Blue Beetle. Beetle, and I like Ted Cord Blue Beetle. Yeah. And they, um, if you watch the DCW, um, they've mentioned Cord Industries a lot, but he's still not in the... He's not there. Oh, interesting. They just mention Cord Industries, and every now and then you'll see a sign. But they also mention Ferris Air, and they don't have any Green Lanterns <laughs> on there either. So, yeah. Um, but Blue Beetle movie, we don't know if it's going to be... Reyes or Cord, like, you I know. They did say it's going to be Reyes. Oh, okay. So, uh, from what I've read, it actually is. Cool. Um, okay. Well, so. I'll be in a seat for it. Like, you know. I mean, if, if any of the listeners want to, like, if they do the Jaime Reyes version and they want, like, a uh, preview of it, just go watch the old uh, Giver movie with uh, Mark Hamill in it, and that's kind of a very similar story. So... <laughs> That's interesting, the way you... You've never heard it. that comparison? I've never heard that's that what, comparison, uh, but... That's like a common joke, is that the Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle is basically is a rip-off of the Giver. Yeah, so. <laughs> and that's the Giver, not MacGyver. <laughs> um, <laughs> right on. <laughs> um, and this one I actually was kind of excited about is the Zatanna movie. Mm -hmm. Now, I've really liked Zatanna for a long time. Um, she's like, she's basically a mystic. She's a wizard in the DC universe, but she appears to just be a magician, which I think is really cool. Like she tries to make a living as a magician when she's in fact an actual wizard. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a area of the DC universe called Justice League Dark, which is like basically a Justice League team based off of all the like magic users, Zatanna, Constantine, you know, um, there was supposed to be a Justice League Dark movie. We don't really know what's going on with that, yeah. but the fact that they're going to put into pre-production a green a Zatanna movie means they might be using a Zatanna movie to usher in the idea of a Justice League mm -hmm. Dark, which is really cool. That's cool. But, and I didn't know a lot about Zatanna for a long time until she appeared on an episode of Batman the Animated Series. Mm -hmm. And you found out that her father, Zatara, trained Bruce Wayne on how to be oh, an okay. escape I, artist. I remember this 
on how to be an escape artist. So Batman knows how to like escape from things. Mm -hmm. Like he he taught him how to like pick locks and all that nonsense. Um, Because of that episode, that made me like Zatanna. And then if you go through like the animated stuff later, we see Zatanna again, and um, there's always these callbacks to her relationship with Bruce Wayne when he was younger and training and stuff. And because of that. And then when you get into the comic books, I've just always liked her as a character. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I'm actually really excited for that way more than I am Blue Beetle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think they so. both sound really cool. Like, I'm less excited for the Zatanna one, but... I'm curious I how think... they're going to do the backwards talking. <laughs> yeah, that's have interesting. You ever, have you ever read... All of her spells are backwards. Um... So, for example, if she has a spell that says... Let's say Zatanna casts a spell that say, you will stop talking now. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you can't talk like that. She cast that spell and now you can't talk. If you read the dialogue in the comic book backwards, it says you will stop talking now. Yeah. But it's all printed in reverse. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that was really cool. So I'm curious how they will uh, do that verbally. (laughs) Either audio effects or just she'll do a really good job talking back. I know. (laughs) But I I do really like uh, the prospect of it leading up to a big... Justice League Dark team up uh, event, yeah. like you're saying. So that I don't know. I just really think pumped. it'd be sweet. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. So, bef- we'll save uh, we'll save that for last. We'll jump to <laughs> fair um, enough. We'll jump to the next one. Margot Robbie went on Jimmy Fallon. Okay. Um, I might have heard some of the things she said, but I'm not really sure. In so terms of the late night talk shows, I kind of look at the guests and I go, "Oh, I'm gonna watch that." Oh, okay. You know, That's I don't I don't watch everything. I kind of just look at the guests and I watch the interviews. Um, but so Margot Robbie goes on Jimmy Fallon. If you don't know Margot Robbie, like you should by now, but she plays Harley Quinn in The Suicide Squad. Um, but she went on to talk about her new movie, uh, Margaret, Queen of Scots, which looks like an Oscar contender. The movie looks great. I'm actually looking forward cool. to seeing it. Um, but... And I loved her in I, Tanya last year, which she was nominated for. Okay. Because she was nominated for the Best Actress for I, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie was fantastic. So I've liked Margot Robbie in almost everything I've seen her in, from Wolf of Wall Street to Focus to, you know, Focus is really good if you haven't seen that. Um, but she went on Fallon, and he asked her about the Birds of Prey movie and the title of Birds of Prey. Yeah. So Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And he asked her about it because that was her idea for a title. I just thought it was cool because it was a long title and goofy and very Harley Quinn-esque. She chose that as the title because if Harley Quinn's going to be a major role in the movie, the title Birds of Prey sounded too dark to her. Okay. And she talked yeah. about how she came up with that extra long title to make it sound more Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she said that she just in general likes long titles. Yeah, I actually so. I actually did hear about this. I thought it was actually really cool and uh, actually a really good marketing technique because Birds of Prey, as much as I think it's like an awesome superhero I mean, team, I think I in don't... short, we're all going to be referring to it as the Birds of Prey movie. <laughs> exactly. But... but I also think, like as awesome as I think Birds of Prey are, I, they're not necessarily a household name like Harley Quinn is. So. No. If you incorporate Har- Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn into the title, it's going to be yeah. a must-see. It's kind of like, um, did you see the movie Snakes on a Plane? Yeah. With Samuel, J- mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson, yeah. 
So he, w- I saw an interview with him because he went on Fallon right before the movie came out, and he was talking about how I guess the movie was originally titled like Flight Nine Eighty Three yeah. or something like that. And he goes, "No, no one's gonna go see it if you name it that. <laughs> you have to name it Snakes on a Plane because everyone's gonna want to know why are there snakes on a plane." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually did hear about that. So, um, so yeah, sometimes those titles get jumped around and stuff. I just think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else to say on that? I just, I don't know before I Not necessarily. On. Okay. I'm excited. I just keep hearing good things about the Birds of Prey movie, though, so. Right. All right. So, we were supposed to get two trailers this week. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, actually, we got three trailers. One, real fast, there's a Lion King movie coming. Oh, all right. Um, we'll talk about this real quick. They made an animated Lion King movie back in the 90s. They're now making what they're referring to as a live-action Lion King Let's not kid ourselves. It's a computer animated <laughs> Lion King. So yeah. animated to computer animated. Let's be realistic here. Um, I think the trailer looked great. But the whole time I was watching the trailer, I kept thinking to myself, I've seen this movie. Yeah. I know it's going to make a ton of money. It's going to make all the money. Yeah. But I've seen it. And that's, that's the only thing that makes me go... I don't know if I'm going to rush to the theater to see it. That's kind of how I feel, too. Like, it does look like, from what they've shown, it looks like they're shot, shot for shot. for shot. Recreating it. And Not I just, like... Like, did you see the live-action Alice in Wonderland? No, I didn't, I didn't okay. see that one. From the animated film to the live-action one, the live-action one is very different mm-hmm. in terms of story. It's almost like they took the Lewis Carroll book off the shelf, the actual novel, and said, well, we're not making this necessarily for kids, so we don't have to, like, dumb it down. We can do all the other stuff that they never did back in the day when the animated film. So that's very different. Mm-hmm. This Lion King doesn't look like it's very different. This Lion King looks like it's shot for shot, the actual Lion King movie, computer animated. Yeah, and that's, like... See, that's the thing, is I remember when uh, Disney did uh, Maleficent, and that was, like... Let's tell the Sleeping Beauty story from the villain's perspective, and it was yeah. a different take. And I feel like since then, a lot of their movies have been just let's recreate this old classic. Well, there's the argument that a, recreating's good, and then there's the argument that telling something new with the sort, the existing source yeah. material, is good too. And that's kind of I'm hoping in Lion King they actually bring something new to it. Right. However, I saw Black Panther. And the first half of that movie is James Bond, and the back half of that movie is Lion King. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, I just, I feel like I've seen it, and that's, I'm not going to, I will probably watch the new Lion King mm-hmm. at some point. It's just not going to be a rush to see it, so. I just, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, what if they go into Scar's backstory, or they do something just different that we haven't right. seen. I mean, I they'll probably they not have it. as many songs, which is fine, but <laughs> yeah. um, I just thought, I just thought it was interesting. The trailer looked good, though. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're supposed to get two trailers this week. One we got, the other one we didn't. Um, so we're on Monday they announced that we'll be getting a Captain... No, Sunday night they announced we'll be getting a Captain Marvel trailer in the morning. Mm-hmm. Or later during the Monday night football game. Okay, we got that. We'll talk about that in a second. On Wednesday we were supposed to get the Avengers 4 trailer. Well, President Bush passed away. The funeral was moved to Wednesday morning. They pulled the trailer because of the funeral. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, that makes sense. I guarantee there is someone out in the internet ethos that is screaming that they didn't get the (laughs) Avengers 4 trailer. Yeah. There is no word when the Avengers 4 trailer will be dropped. We don't know anything. Um, What I wanted to say about that, though, is at this point, 
They have already sold me my ticket. Yeah. I almost don't want to see anything. Just tell me when the movie's coming out and I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. A trailer at this point does not do any good. You could just come out with a... In my opinion, the trailer should just be rewatch Infinity War, go see Captain Marvel, movie comes out this day. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that they have, like, the Avengers theme playing in the background... Maybe a bunch of like kind of a a quick montage of shots and of stuff we've we've already seen, seen. and then maybe at the end just a shot of Thanos Thanos looking really cool. And Thanos says, "Come get me," and you call it a day. And (laughs) it's an iconic shot from the comic book, and you leave it at that. Yeah, I'm hoping for the same sort of Um, thing. And we talked about that on a previous episode, but we don't. I'm just saying, like, whatever. We didn't get an Avengers four trailer. Okay, or or here's the trailer. It's a couple of the Avengers we know about. And they're breaking into prison to break out a bomb. And it's going to be Abomination, from the villain from the Incredible Hulk movie, versus Thanos. Interesting. <laughs> um, I don't I'm just, see that happening. I'm just joking around because <laughs> I mentioned that on a previous I don't see episode. that happening but because you mentioned Abomination. Yeah. Um, there is, in my opinion, the biggest misstep that Marvel has had in their entire run. And, hey, Marvel... Scoot a little closer to the speaker so you can hear me say this. In Civil War, at the end of the movie, when you saw the Avengers locked up in that prison, half of the cells were the heroes that got locked up in the prison. The other half of the cells were empty. That other half of the cells that were empty should have had all the defeated villains in them. Sorry, missed opportunity. <laughs> would have been cool. It would have been cool. Like, Abomination should have been sitting there. You know what I mean? Like, all mm-hmm. the way around, it would have been sweet. Anyway... Missed opportunity, Marvel. Okay, <laughs> but the trailer we did get was Captain Marvel full trailer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you talk because you probably have way more to talk than I do. <laughs> My thoughts on this trailer, technically this is a trailer talk, so this is kind of spoilery, but I'm going to be as hyper vague as possible. If you saw the teaser trailer for Captain Marvel, the full trailer for Captain Marvel is the exact same trailer, but all the sequences are stretched out, so you get to see just a little bit more of all the sequences. I'd say that's accurate. Um, And that's all I was going to say about it. Yeah, I mean... Of course it looks great. (laughs) Of course it looks great. My ticket's already sold. I'm planning on seeing it, but... Um, To me, I actually... From the teaser, I was actually a little bit lukewarm on the movie. Like, I thought it looked good, but there wasn't anything, like making me, like, dying to go see it. Uh, This new trailer actually kind of sold me a little bit more, seeing more of the special effects, and especially the stuff when uh, it shows uh, Captain Marvel flying through space and she's got her full suit with the helmet on and stuff. That stuff looks so cool. I will say Um, the helmet really caught me because there's that one shot where the helmet comes off and you're like, that was a cool visual. mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. But Um, that doesn't change my opinion from before. Like, you know. (laughs) So there's... and that scene where she blanks, that yes, blank in the blank, mention that. it's stretched out so you understand yes. it a little bit more. And I kind of, <laughs> that's actually what I was going to say is I had a funny conversation at work with some people where we were talking, or I was saying, I wish they didn't explain that scene at all. So, like, I wish they sh- the trailer was exactly the same, but they didn't show at all an explanation for why she blanks the blank right in the blank. And so everybody's just, like, really confused about it. And I feel like some people would be like, well, I just want to see the movie. <laughs> I want to know why that happens. Like, why did she blank the blank? I don't get it. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I just, 
that's all I had to say about that trailer. I, I wasn't like overly impressed. It was really just okay. Yeah, it's the same trailer. Mm-hmm. It's the same trailer. It's just extended out. So I know what I'm. For a non-reader, you probably were like, "Oh, that scene makes a little more sense now this time around." Exactly. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Overall, it looks good. Like <laughs> I said, I'm sold on it a little bit more. So. Right. Yeah. Not too much to say otherwise. Well. For the amount of stuff that I wanted to talk about pre-list, we actually got through that way faster than I thought. <laughs> nice. Because uh, that whiteboard is very full in comparison to how it normally is. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the list. Sounds good. Ready? Ryan? And now for the top five. Now, list time. So, this one was my pick, right? Yes. Yeah. So, we realized that we hadn't talked uh, sports at all yet. Um, (coughs) So, I thought it'd be kind of cool to do team sport movies. I didn't want to do sport movies as a whole because I was afraid one of us would show up with, like, a list of Rocky films. (laughs) Um, And by all means, the Rocky films are great, but, you know, there's other sports movies out there. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, let's do team sports and narrow it down a little bit and then maybe we could do individual sports later like boxing would then count we could that could be another list down the road mm-hmm. um so uh i don't there wasn't really any hindrances here in terms of like special rules to the list other than it had to be a team about a team sport right um so do you have any honorable mentions i guess so let's yeah roll to that for sure um yeah, so my first honorable mention that I will mention is uh, The Replacements. Ooh, so this you made know, my short list. Okay. So this movie is um, the story of a... Uh, in the NFL, there's a big strike towards the end of the season, and uh, basically all the teams decide they're going to finish the season, but they're going to hire replacement players. So it's the story of... Uh, this team that's coached by this uh, guy who I think he was an ex-coach or anything. Anyways, he's played by Gene Hackman, and he's like, yeah, I'll take this job. I'll coach this team through the end, but you have to let me pick exactly who I want and uh, and stuff like that. And so the owner of the team grants him permission, and he basically curates this team just based on all their special skills. And he goes outside of the box. Like, he gets this... Uh, he goes very outside Yeah, so box. he gets, like, this washed-up uh, retired... This washed-up retired soccer player to be the kicker, and he gets, like, which this is, one Which guy. is really funny. Just yeah. because, like, you don't think to get a soccer player to be a kicker. Yeah. Unless you look at the movie uh, Necessary Roughness mm-hmm. with Kathy Ireland, where she was a soccer player, and they drafted her for the football team so she could be their kicker. Okay, <laughs> nice. Um, and then they got, like, uh, this guy played by Orlando Jones, who's he's going to be the wide receiver but he he's not good at football he just runs really fast so they have a bunch of funny kind of uh strategies to get him to catch the ball right. like they cover his like, hands with super glue and on you got john and favreau who's the cop oh yeah he's like way too hyper aggressive yeah <laughs> just wants to kill everybody <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i mean i i just always like that uh dynamic of a bunch of misfits gathering together to and it really was goal, and it really yeah. is like a misfits mm-hmm. kind of a movie yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then otherwise i just think it's hilarious you know it's i think it's a little underrated too it does I have mean. it does have my all-time favorite um pep talk yeah of like all sports movies when keanu reeves they're in that one of the most final huddles and he's like all right guys i wish i had something inspiring to say but i'll leave you with this 
Uh, pain is temporary. Chicks dig scars. Glory lives forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember that part. That was great. Yeah, that's just that's probably one of my favorite sports pep talks from a movie. But um, nice, cool. Anything else before I? No, that's pretty much all I have to all say right. about it. So uh, my first honorable mention is Mighty Ducks Two. <laughs> okay, nice. Or D Two, the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Um, Look, The Mighty Ducks in general, I know everyone loves that movie, and sports movies always have the feels. Like, there's always mm-hmm. that heartwarming scene at the end when, you know, the they're going to score the last goal or get that final touchdown or, you know, the winning run of the baseball game. There's always that, you know, those kind of things. But um, this, I always felt that the second Mighty Ducks, because the, the first Mighty Ducks had... Uh, it was local uh, peewee league hockey. It wasn't... Um, I didn't feel the stakes were high enough. It was just mm-hmm. these kids trying to get, like, their first real victory, basically. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're, you know, they're Section 5. Or no, District 5. That was their team before they became the Ducks. Mm. In the second movie, they go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. The stakes just feel bigger, feel more important. And I think that's made me more excited to see how they would potentially triumph or not. Yeah. You know, like in the original Rocky, you know, was it Rocky? No, I'm sorry. In Bad News Bears, they don't win. Mm-hmm. So the idea of them going to the Olympics and maybe not winning, like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but you have that great moment at the end with the girl and the, you know, she's got the, she's got the fast gloves, so she gets put in for the goalie and... It's just that, and I also thought the second one was funnier. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, both Mighty Ducks movies I think are really great, Um, and they actually made my short list. I think, I remember uh, being kids and going on vacation to our cousin's house and uh, watching Mighty Ducks 2 on repeat over and over. Like a lot. (laughs) But, I mean, I I enjoy the movie a lot. I don't have much to say that you haven't said. Oh, okay. I think it's a good pick, so. Yeah. Um, on to my next one. Honorable mention. Okay, so this one I might get some flack for how low it, or since it's only an honorable mention, but the next movie on my list is Miracle. Mm. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed this movie. I really like the uh, story of it being about uh, the American Olympic hockey team, and it's the year where they're going up against the Russians. Um, and I think it's like, is it right in the middle of the Cold, Cold War? It or was. It was, ni- it was 1980. Okay. Not the 1980 Olympics. It was kind of this big, like, almost political triumph for us to, like, go up against the Russians. It was a and, like, huge political triumph yeah. for us to win that game, win that gold. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I think I just like the movie. And it wasn't even a gold medal game when we beat the Russians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, we had to beat the Russians to get to the gold medal game. Yeah. So. Um, but I think I just really enjoy, uh, like, Kurt Russell in it. I think he's great as the coach, and I like the... Uh, I really like the strategizing in sports movies, and I think it's cool how he trains the team and how um, the movie starts off. And when he sh- first shows them like a uh, film reel of like the Russian Olympic team and who these players are, they just really kind of build this tension where you know he shows the Russian goalie, and this goalie almost looks not even human. How he's like stopping pucks coming at him and stuff, and it kind of has this like. I, it's hard to explain, but it's kind of like a mythic build-up to this big showdown. So I just really um, liked that. The uh, the since you mentioned the goalie, there's a really cool scene uh, at the end when they're in that final game, and the Russians they get scored on like twice. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's like after two goals, and the Russian coach pulls the goalie, 
and puts in his second string goalie. And Kurt Russell turns to his team and says, they just pulled the number one goalie in the world. Use that. It was basically to get his team more fired up. Yeah. You know, so he he taught us, he, I just, he went in going, I'm going to win. I'm going to be the coach that brings the gold home from the Russians. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. then ever since then, I mean, United States, United States and Canada are the two number one dominating hockey teams. So, yeah. um, so, and the, I'm not going to uh, give you flack for it. We all have no, our reasons no, well, for things I was going to say, list. like, it's just, Part of it is I realized that uh, looking back at the movie, I remember a lot of the strategizing stuff, but a lot of the actual hockey games don't stick in my memory as well. So that's kind of why it is only an honorable mention, but I think it's a great film in general. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Well, my next uh, honorable mention is Basketball. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Definitely made my short list. I really like this movie. This is probably one of my... If you were gonna make a, if we were just gonna do comedies, this would probably guaranteed be on my list of top five comedies. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of my comedy f- sports movies or comedies just comedies period. in general. Okay, like, wow. this movie is. I love this movie so <laughs> much, and I don't think I could watch it enough. Yeah, um, it's made by the guys. It's made by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who created South Park, and they basically made a sports movie about creating their own sport. Yeah, um, which is a combination of baseball and basketball, and hilarity ensues. I can't quote half the stuff that I would want to for this show, <laughs> um, but this movie is just so much fun from top to bo- from top to bottom. It's just nonstop joke after joke after joke, and it's all like. And what I love about the South Park guys is all their jokes. Not only are they, uh, not only is the humor like very quick witted and well read. But it's also super realistic humor. Yeah. Like, it's the way we talk. Like, when we're, like, in the break room at work, like, that's how we, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have been their influence, but, you know. I also think, yeah, I've always felt like they've had a good balance between just kind of, like, um, potty humor, for lack of a better term. You know, the immature, scatological stuff while also having kind of, like, more witty or more, like, societal commentary in their humor and stuff like that. Um, another thing that I just would want to mention about basketball is I really like how it's a story really about two guys who just invent their own game. And, like, I know I've done that with, like, my brothers and friends. Like, just go in the backyard, grab a ball, and make up a game. Right. And it's, I mean, it's, like, the story of that escalating to a professional level, which usually doesn't happen, but... Usually, I that, mean, like, never happens. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I watch basketball and I... Except for, I think the game's called Scatterball. Have you seen that? No. I want to say that's what it is. It's where... It's like volleyball, but there's a trampoline in the middle. Oh! And you slam the ball down on the trampoline and try and... And they have to keep it basically going and you know i don't really know what i was thinking i don't really know like you 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 serve the ball at the trampoline and the other team has to respond and Mm -hmm. slam it back like do you remember slam ball maybe that's what i'm well slam ball was a it was like basketball but they had like a set of like three or four trampolines in front of the hoop so it's really easy to dunk right (laughs) so that was a thing back in the early 2000s and right which which i look at that as a tripping hazard more (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um but no what i all i was gonna say is like i watch basketball and it makes me want to go outside and play basketball or make up your own game too right but i you know i've seen that movie enough to where i think i understand (laughs) the rules and i think we should get a bunch of people together and play basketball 
Nice. Uh, one of my favorite things about basketball is the psych outs. <laughs> For sure. Um, if you've never seen the movie, when a player is going to take a shot, almost like a free throw kind of a shot, he the other team has the ability to attempt to psych him out so he misses his shot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably where the movie stands. Like, there's so much funny stuff in the movie, but some of those psych outs are so hilarious. Yeah. Um, I can watch it. I could watch that movie a thousand times, and every psych out would still make me laugh. <laughs> nice. Yeah, anyway. Um, what's your first actual pick? Yeah, so my first actual pick, um, I'm going to go with uh, White Men Can't Jump. Oh, so, all right. This is uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Wesley Snipes. Uh, this movie came out in the 90s, and it's the story of two um, hustlers, essentially. It's two guys who... Uh, you know, play pickup games at a local basketball court, and they basically are just trying to hustle people out of their money. And uh, it's kind of cool. Like, it's uh, Woody Harrelson's kind of doing it on his own, and uh, he just uses the fact that he's Caucasian and people don't think he's going to be good at basketball, but it's kind of a joke's on them. I used to play in college, and he just kind of rakes in money from that. And uh, he ends up, I think he plays against uh, Wesley Snipes, and uh, he ends up... uh, they kind of strike this weird rivalry where they keep trying to hustle each other, but then eventually get they get to the point where they're going to work together to try to make as yeah. much money. And the whole time, it's like there's a lot of them taking money from each other and them like trying to just get through their own personal woes with all these problems they run into. But um, it's just kind of a cool story. Like I just like the whole hustling aspect to it, I guess. And uh, I don't want to say the movie's relatable because, I mean, I've never done anything like any of the characters in the movie do, but, like, the, the movie does a really good job of making you feel for each character and each and kind of their own situations because all the main characters are kind of down on their luck and you really kind of feel for them and you're pulling for them to um, get through to, you know, basically be able to support themselves. And uh, the ending of the movie actually is pretty realistic because it's, like... Uh, Woody, well, this is a spoiler for a movie that came out like 20 years ago, but like Woody Harrelson's uh, personal relationship with his girlfriend ends up like falling through in the end and it's never rekindled, but um, it kind of still ends on a high note because like even though the two characters were trying to kind of steal each other's money the whole time, they actually end the movie as like good friends and they end in a good place. So I don't know, it's a cool, cool story. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it or anything. No, you've covered, like, (laughs) you've said basically everything I would have said about the movie. Yeah. Uh, No, I really like it. Rosie Perez, uh, the girlfriend, is, Mm -hmm. uh, her performance in that movie is amazing. Um, And it's really funny that you say that because I was listening to a previous podcast and the voice actress, Tara Strong, who voices mm-hmm. Harley Quinn and Batgirl, and, you know, she voices Raven on Teen Titans, and um, I've always liked her as a voice actress. So that's one of the reasons I listened to that episode. Yeah. Um, Rosie Perez came up in conversation, and Tara Strong did Rosie Perez's big monologue from that movie, and <laughs> it's I'm like, it was it was amazing. <laughs> so um, that's a weird crossover too, because isn't Rosie Perez gonna be in the Rosie Perez is gonna be in the Birds of Prey movie? So, yeah. movie. so that's just you know who's not in a comic book movie these days. <laughs> that's true. Um, I mean, we haven't got Meryl Streep to do anything yet but uh we did get robert redford to say hail hydra so (laughs) (laughs) nice um all right so my first uh my first actual pick is going to be moneyball okay i've i've never seen this i always wanted to it just kind Um, of i don't know 
I did mention before this episode that there's a ton of sports movies I've missed, so <laughs> but keep going. Um, this is the story of the Oakland A's, and they're like almost like amazingly perfect season in Billy Bean um, building a sports team based on statistics. Yeah. Um, where there's this cool scene, uh, Jonah Hill uh, is the one who helps him with the numbers, the statistic numbers, because they have this idea that... Um, so, for example, how do you win baseball games? You have to get runs. So how do you get runs? You get on base. So they started putting together the team of players who statistically get on base more than anyone else. Nice. Like, we're not looking for them to run fast. We're not looking for them to hit good. We're not looking for them to feel good. How yeah. do they get on base? And, oh, they get on base. You know what I mean? Because some of it could be worked out. And then there's this one guy, like, there's a pitcher they hire, and Jonah Hill was talking about his pitching statistics, and he's like, he has, like, these, like, crazy, like, he's got crazy speed, his strikeout numbers, you know, all that kind of stuff. He's mm-hmm. like, but no one wants him because he throws weird. And Brad Pitt, who plays Billy Bean, is like, what do you mean he throws weird? And they show a video of him, and he's got this really weird, like, lean-over, like, sideways pitch. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't look flattering on camera, but it works. Mm-hmm. So Jonah Hill's like, I don't, you know, people don't want him, but if you look at the stats... You know, so they build this team based only on statistics, and there's a big uproar in the sports community in the movie about you can't build a team like this. The well, prime why not though? <laughs> well, right, they're like you can't build a team like this. I mean, this doesn't work. Statistics don't work. There's no rule against there having a there isn't. play. There shouldn't be a rule against that. There is not, but it's interesting because they're all like, you can't build a team like this. That doesn't work. That's yeah. not how you build sports. You don't go off statistics. Blah blah blah. And you hear the radio shows and all these people like Billy Bean's a moron. You know that kind of thing. And then as you watch the movie, you're like, this is amazing what they're trying to do and, and what they're doing. But the whole point of the Billy Beans like thing is he's like, if we don't win the last game of the year, none of this matters because no one's going to care. Mm-hmm. You know, and the whole point is to win the World Series. Um, I don't want, since you haven't seen the movie, I don't want to spoil something that happens later on in the end. But just as a sports movie, so what's interesting is I really liked... What I like about sports movies as a whole is sports movies always show the behind the scenes of sports that you don't get from watching a game on television. Yeah. You could watch the Super Bowl or the next Bulls game or, oh, hey, the Blackhawks are on. I'm going to go watch that. But you don't get the behind the scenes stuff. And that's something I really like about sports movies that you get those backstage kind of things that happen. And this whole movie is almost all behind the scenes. So you don't get to see as much baseball in the movie as you do all the stuff that happens later. Yeah. Um, so it's just a really... I just really liked it as a movie, and I was really, like, impressed overall. I know some people um, said there were some inaccuracies, but I don't know the story well enough to know the inaccuracies. Yeah. I just liked the movie. I think that happens so. with any movie that's based on a real story, and it, gets, oh, yeah, it has to come down to, like, don't trust the movie 100%. Just know that they're sure. Not- change yeah. some stuff a little bit but yeah um, but it sounds really cool no it's really good i you i think you'd like it yeah but it's definitely i like that idea of just breaking down a sport to just a number numbers game and i feel like baseball is definitely a sport that's probably one of the easiest to actually do that by but i'm sure this whole thing happening that the movie's about totally changed how sports are run in general i feel so right yeah yeah, cool. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, uh, what's your next one? So my next pick is uh, Rudy, actually. Rudy. So um, I actually... Was... I am not a fan of this movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. O- overall. I mean, it's a good movie. 
I'm just not a fan. It did not make my short list. So <laughs> okay, fair go enough. ahead. <laughs> um, I think I just picked this one because it's uh it's kind of just an inspiring tale. Like um, oh, it's definitely inspiring. That if has, you want to watch my a opinion movie, is regardless. The movie is yeah. very. Inspiring. If you want to watch a movie that will just make you feel pumped to kind of accomplish your personal goals, like this is a movie where it's just the story of this really small guy whose dream was to play for the Notre Dame football team, and he it's just kind of his journey to actually get there and then actually finally get onto the field and actually, you know, actually dress for a game and then actually play on the field. And it's kind of just, I think that's why I picked it is just kind of the, um, just the inspiration behind it. And then it, that it leaves you with. So I'm curious why you don't like this movie. Or... I, I, I'm not over. I, overall, I was just like, meh when I was watching. Okay. I wasn't fair enough. I didn't think it was like a groundbreaking thing. I wasn't like, moved the way I probably should have been moved. Um, Which actually has a... So, I'm going to... So, it's about... So, the kid wants to play. He's not... No one... The coach isn't letting him play. Coach isn't letting him play. Um, There's the big scene at the... The jersey scene at the end of the movie. So, the one player takes... Puts his jersey on the coach's desk and say, I want Rudy to take my spot Mm -hmm. on the lineup. And then he leaves the coach's office, and the next kid comes in and hands him the jersey and says, I want Rudy to take my spot. And then the next kid, and it's this real tear-jerky, heartfelt moment of, oh, my God, the whole team wants Rudy to play. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the show? Um, this is total tangent, but it's Rudy-related. <laughs> okay. Okay. Have you ever seen the, sh- the show The Newsroom on HBO? No, I've never seen okay. it. Okay. So uh, The Newsroom is a show. It's about the news. Mm-hmm. All right, but it's about fake news channel following news. What's really cool about the show is it's news that we've actually lived through. So the very first episode is the BP oil spill. Okay. Okay, and then they go, uh, then they you know cover Obama's election and like like things we've lived through. And you're gonna go, oh my gosh, I remember that, or like when Mubarak uh, in Egypt was taken out of power, and you know things happen, right? Well, is this the one with um, Jeff Daniels? Jeff, okay, so yeah. I've seen. An episode or two okay. of this movie. Yeah. I truly think... Now, I can rave about television shows and movies and say it's the best ever. Not only is that show fantastic, but I truly think, and my words are very important when I say this, I think The Newsroom is the most important television show that has ever been made to date. And the reason I say that is because of – if you look at, like, where we are as a society and how things are in the political world and the political climate, everyone needs to watch this show and actually get something out of it and understand that it's not about – it's there is an issue of listening to each other and not screaming at each other mm. and looking at the facts and not going, well, that guy's wrong you don't like the thing I don't like, you you don't like the thing I like, so you're wrong, and that's how, like, the politics and religion and the world are. Right. This is a show that basically said, we're going to tackle these news stories with the true facts because the news stories already happen, so all we can do on the news is report facts. Mm-hmm. So even though I've lived through it, like, I know how the BP oil spill went because I watched it on the news, but there are things that I don't know and they cover a lot of that stuff on the show. So story to story. Even though the show is primarily background stuff about the crew and like right. behind the scenes how news works. And like you get to learn all these characters and it's really good. Yeah. So they still are reporting true facts from the actual events. 
and there's sides of the stories. So like there's things that we didn't know about then, but we know about now because of further investigations. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kind of like when you go back and you do a period piece and you learn all this new information when you're doing research. I think it's one of the most important television series. And because of the stuff on our political climate right now, I think that show still needs to be on the air. Is it not? No. They ran three seasons and they shut it down. And maybe it's... We don't really know why Aaron Sorkin, who created the show, said he thinks he didn't do the show justice and maybe wants to take another crack at it later. Yeah. Well, I think in the political climate we live right now, it should be back on the air. That sounds That's like all it. I'm saying. Anyway, the reason I brought up the newsroom right. is because there's an episode where they're in like the conference room in the... Um, news headquarters or whatever and they are discussing what's going to be on the show for that night and jeff daniels who's the head anchor for the news show his girlfriend hasn't seen the movie rudy and been trying (laughs) to get her to watch rudy okay and he's like she just doesn't understand the jersey scene and one of the other guys is like oh wait the jersey scene and he's like yes the jersey scene you know what i'm talking about and he describes the scene from rudy well there's this thing that happened and that's like at the beginning of the episode there's this thing that happens throughout the episode that is, like, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then to kind of save the day, unbeknownst to anyone, Jeff Daniels, out of his own money, paid to have this other thing happen. Okay. I don't want to say what it is because right. I don't want to ruin the episode. And it kind of basically saved someone's life. Well, the news crew finds out that Jeff Daniels paid it from his own pocket and the one kid, um, so his executive producer's in his office and they're talking about something. And then the one the one character who's closely tied to what was going on knocks on his door and he's like, am I interrupting? He's like, no, you can come in. And he walks in and puts a check on his desk. And he goes, I just want to say thanks. He's like, I can't take this. He's like, no, I just, I feel like I need to contribute and walked out. And then as soon as he left, another one of the news crew walked in and put a check on his desk. Yeah. And then another person came in and put a check on his desk. And Jeff Daniels gets up and walks out of his office. And there's a line of reporters mm-hmm. with all like getting ready to put checks on his desk because they want to contribute, just like the Rudy scene. I was in tears at that mm-hmm. scene, and that wasn't Rudy, right? But it was Rudy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's just I feel like the feels for Rudy. Like when I was watching it, I was like meh. But I think mm-hmm. people kind of built it up for me by the time I saw okay, it. Okay, fair enough. The hype had killed it. But then when I watched this, I, like, it was just bringing it all... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah know. for sure. And then it's... Yeah, I wonder... I'm not sure... Like, how old were you when you saw Rudy? Because I don't I was know in high school. Just, okay. I don't know if it's just, like, it in a different time or place. Like, if you watched it now, if it... Oh, no. I was in high school. There you know? was a big deal out of it. And maybe the hype and the big deal people were making is what <laughs> yeah. killed it. I don't know. Yeah, right <laughs> um, But, yeah, no. So, uh, regardless of my opinions of Rudy, you should watch the newsroom. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Sweet. Um, okay, so it's my turn. Unless you have more to say about Rudy. No, that's pretty much okay. it. Yeah. Um, you're going to laugh at this. My next pick is Bring It On. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so my wife actually suggested that I pick this one as one of my t- uh, team sports movies, and I was just like, ha, no. <laughs> but keep going. Um, bring It On. I, I do like the movie a lot. I just um, As a whole, like, all right, look, I know it's a cheerleading movie, and I remember giving it a lot of crap when it came out and whatever. When I finally saw the movie, I remember thinking to myself, I don't know why I waited so long to see this movie. Yeah. I don't know why I gave it the crap I did. It's just a really good story. And it's fun. And it's funny. It's exciting. 
you want them to succeed. You know, like it's it's a very heartwarming story, but it's also just like I just wanted to be a part of the team. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what to really say about <laughs> it other than like it's just no, a good I, movie. I, th- I think it's good and it's it's really fun and there's like a lot of funny parts. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know necessarily what to say specifically about it. But um, just... Did you? There's a movie called Be Cool, uh, which is kind of like the unofficial sequel to Get Shorty. Okay. Uh, with John Travolta, and there's a scene where The Rock is an aspiring actor, and he wants to audition for John Travolta's character. And John Travolta's trying to get out of the movie business and get into the music business in this one. Okay. And but, uh, The Rock still wants to audition. And he's like, I even prepared a monologue. And John Travolta's like, okay, well, do the monologue. And it's a monologue from Bring It On. <laughs> so nice. it's John Travolta doing one of the girls' monologues from Bring It On. I mean, not John Travolta. The Rock is doing one of the girls' yeah. monologues. It's so funny. It's uh, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but no, the uh, Bring It On, I just, it's, it was just a good team movie. Mm-hmm. Like at, at the end of the day, I mean, you can say you can argue with me all you want about cheerleading being a sport or not being a sport. Um, bring it on, just showed this as a sport and why it's a team, and all. so yeah, it just it's, it's kind just of a good a, movie. The plot is kind of interesting too, because besides the whole, like, yeah, as a team we need to come together and you know do really well in the cheerleading competition. It also has that plot of. Uh, what's her face? Kirsten Dunst taking over after uh, the previous captain and realizing that uh, her previous, like the previous cheerleading captain, had been ripping all of her uh, routines off of another cheerleading team. So I think that's kind of an right. interesting plot to actually have in a movie like this. You know, I don't, you don't see that that often. So right, yeah. Okay, so, so bring it on. Your turn. <laughs> uh, leading into my next one. Um, Cool Runnings is right on. the next one on my list. So as far as, like, Rudy is kind of... Uh, I talked about just kind of the inspiration from that movie. That's, like, really kind of what led me to pick Cool Runnings for my next, for my next pick. Um, and it's just kind of... Thinking about the movie, uh, the main character, I can't remember his name, but his main motivation in life pretty much is to get into the Olympics. And he fails at... Uh, like, there's a stupid accident while he's tr- like trying to do it as a sprinter and that doesn't work out so then he goes to try it doing bobsledding like a sport he doesn't know anything about but just the fact of imagining the determination it actually takes to just focus that much on a sport you don't know anything about to get into the olympics like right. i don't think i've been determined enough to do anything like that my whole life so it's just kind of a cool story and uh I mean, I understand. What are you talking about? We made this podcast. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. Um, But yeah, like, uh, as far as like you talking about Rudy, and I admit at certain parts, maybe Rudy is a little bit more dry than you'd want it to be. Cool Runnings is just a fun uh, romp of a film the whole way through. Like, it's hilarious. The characters are really just dynamic and funny, and you really feel for them, too. So, I mean,. Do you have any thoughts on this movie at no, all? No, Cool Runnings is just a fantastic movie yeah. from top to bottom. It's really funny and yeah. And as you were saying, I mean, the team doesn't even win. The team at doesn't the end. win. Yeah, but it's still like a really cool story. Well, they... it's also like once they start, once they prove themselves at the Olympics, before they even get to that gold medal like moment, like are they going to win or not going to win? The whole world's watching mm-hmm. because they're so curious to see, and it's such a it's such a cool moment when. They, uh, 
they're in that final run and they crash and they all just basically like stand up and carry the bobsled across the finish line mm-hmm. like that's amazing like that's that thing that's where they have, that's where all the, all these sports movies it's all just all the real feels and you know, <laughs> yeah you know you're you know you're jerking for the tissue and stuff like that cuz you're got to <laughs> roll a tear so. yeah yeah for sure um all right so my next pick is varsity blues okay interesting did we match this at all no i don't know if i've seen the movie the full way through so what <laughs> Holy i've seen cow. parts of the movie but yeah i don't this movie <sighs> i've seen a uh, varsity abroad Varsity Blues abridged, and by that I mean uh, not another teen movie. Does that count? Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. <I'm just> no. <laughs> Varsity Blues is um, it's basically a football movie about high school football. Yeah, and on a asshole football coach and um, the kids, the students trying to overcome and you know win the game, and they have to kick the coach out and try and win the game without him. And in terms of team sports, I mean, yes, it's a football movie, but this is. This is one of those things where you the team realizes that they're a family and come together at the end for the for each other. Okay. And it's more about and it's great like there's that great line at the end, let's go play the next 26 minutes of football as if it's the next if it's the last 26 minutes of football. Like let's go play the next 26 minutes for the next 26 minutes. There's nothing else that matters. It's just that 26 minutes. Yeah. And um let's just leave it out on the field. We have this moment to play as gods as he says. Um and it's astounding, like, leading, like, everything, there's a lot of football, so you actually get to see a lot play through, but it's basically about a kid who grows up in Texas under the football, like, in that football banner, like, everyone mm-hmm. just wants everyone to be in, into football, and yeah. he wants to go off and do other stuff, and he's yeah. kind of like, as soon as I got out of high school, I don't have to do this anymore, mm. and everyone's kind of shutting him down, but he is second-string quarterback, and the actual quarterback gets injured, so he has to now be first-string quarterback. And he's starting to understand the fame of being that in this small town. But, you know, he still wants to live his own life, but everyone wants to, him to live the life they want him to live. Yeah. And so there's that aspect of it. So there's the aspect of him growing up as a person, but at the same time, it's, you know. Yeah. I just... <laughs> Sorry, I keep laughing because I remember when this movie came out. Um, no, it's funny. So, like, every pr- TV spot for this movie when it came out had that line where, is it uh, James Vanderbeek, who's the main character, yeah. who, who steps up to the quarterback position? There's this, like, part of the movie where he says, like, I don't want your life or whatever yeah. to his dad. And then he, like, storms out of the house. And so, like, it's cool that you like the movie now, but I remember when that was on TV, I remember at one point you said, like, this movie looks stupid. It's just it's well, about some kid who doesn't want his dad's life, and then he goes rebel. Is, is the way you phrased it, but it's cool right. that you actually saw it and you got appreciation. No, the, I just um, kept thinking. I like had a flashback to when you that movie that first came out. Now. When that movie first came out, James Vanderbeek unfortunately <laughs> was under the Dawson's Creek banner. Yeah. So it was basically this kid from Dawson's Creek doing a bad Southern accent <laughs> and rebelling against his parents. Yeah. And I was like, this looks dumb. <laughs> when I finally got to see this movie, when I got to see the movie in whole yeah um because i just made fun of the trailers i finally got to see the movie and i was like why first off i should never have made fun of this movie secondly why did i not see it sooner okay like it's so good um 
So yeah, nice. It was a uh, like, and there's a lot of big stars that came from that, like Paul Walker and Scott Can and James Vanderbeek and uh, Allie Larder and Amy Amy Smart. Yeah, Amy Smart's in it. Um, okay. John Voight's in it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of big actors that came out of there. Yeah. Um, that went on to have it's like, like the who's pretty who big... of 1999. Well, yeah, that's or the thing. It was. it was like it was a teen movie, and they basically went, "Who's the biggest teen stars? We'll put them all yeah. in a movie for right now," and you know and you know, so if you, it's kind of like looking through a time capsule if you watch it now, but mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. All right, so Varsity Blues, great, <laughs> nice. Um, so that would lead into my next pick, which is uh, the sta- the Sandlot. No. Oh. So the Sandlot, it's a story of a um, kind of a small town group of kids who make. I'm going to tell own. you right now, we did not match this. <laughs> um, I had a really hard time not putting this on my list. Okay. I made my short list. I just had a hard time not putting it on. The yeah. List, so. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, it's just really the story of the small Which town. Which means it probably should have been an honorable <laughs> mention. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the small town group of kids who uh, kind of band together to play baseball together, and they have their own little baseball team that they play together with in the park. But when it really boils down to it, it's the story about this one kid who moves to a new town and he just joins yeah. this group. And he's got no friends. He's Yeah, he's an outsider and he has to try to. G- join in I, I mean like it's so relatable like who hasn't been in this situation where they have to prove themselves to a group of friends but also just find you know somebody to hang out with and somebody to be with and there's all these cool hijinks that go on and the whole uh subplot of the uh the beast which is you know the neighbor's huge the neighbor's dog, big dog. That what eats all the baseballs like i just that's really fun too what so. i liked about the beast or the subplot is that when the ball that they shouldn't be playing with goes over the fence and they have to get the ball right. back, the show, the the show, the movie stops being about baseball and it becomes this adventure film. <laughs> That's true. You know yeah. what I mean? It becomes an adventure of trying to get this ball back, and in that almost like that Indiana Jones esque kind yeah. of a way, like the kids got to be like. They build, like, a contraption so he could be airlifted over the fence mm-hmm. to grab the ball. And, like, okay, that didn't work, so they were going to use the erector set to grab the yeah. ball and catapult it over. And that, you know, it's almost like that golden idol that they need to get. And it's it, it's so much fun. It's, uh, you saying that, it kind of reminds me, like, it does this uh, really cool thing in a typical monster movie fashion where you don't see the full a full shot of the dog the beast you don't see his full body like until the end of the yeah, movie you like f- you'll see teeth or like a shadow or like his paw or a, never... or a oversized head because the kids are just reacting to it it's exactly. not real it's not it's it's an exaggeration mm-hmm. every time you see any part of the beast it's always an exaggeration leading mm-hmm. up to the actual shot and so. it's a cool way to uh kind of capture your imagination of like what does this dog actually look like but then there's always this part at the end of the movie where you see the dog chasing uh the character benny who's the one who finally is going to just hop the fence and grab the baseball and run away with it when the dog's chasing that character you see it and you're like oh that's it that's because he doesn't look that big because you in your head you built it up like it's going to be this crazy huge monster right and then you throw but and then all the characters are likable every Mm -hmm. one of them even like you know even when you get to like the pool scenes with like when they go to the pool and you know uh squints you know tries to make out with wendy peppercorn the lifeguard yeah you know um you you want like all these amazing things to happen for these kids and you're along with them on the adventure the whole way through Mm -hmm. so um i just one more aspect of this movie i love is that it's uh i mean it's kids growing up the way i grew up where it's 
it's summertime. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to be outside all day. You're going to be playing with your friends, running around, playing baseball, but also doing a bunch of other crazy things, going to the fair, going to the pool. And I feel like, I mean, nowadays everybody's so wired in with the internet culture where living in you know people don't always necessarily get to appreciate that stuff as much anymore so that's another aspect of the movie let's all go outside and play some ball basically yeah exactly (laughs) and it helps me like personally harken back i watch way too much i watch way too much things anyway maybe i should go outside (laughs) so yeah um yeah no cool nice did you that's pretty much all I'd have okay. to say about Sandlot. Great. Um, my next pick is A League of Their Own. Okay, nice. Um, we... I actually matched this one. Oh, so. nice. All right. <laughs> to tell the truth, like, Sandlot is probably my favorite out of all my list, but I had a feeling you were going to save this one for last, so I did as well. That's so. not my last one. Shouldn't you be this is my This is my number. This is like I have two more, so League oh, of Their really? Own, and I got one more. How did that happen? I don't know. Um, okay. We haven't matched one movie yet, and sometimes we match and... Then we're like yeah. jumping around. The okay, list so way. yeah, that's my that's my last pick. Then. All right, so cool. Yeah. So we'll talk League of Their Own, and then I'll tell you what my final pick is. Nice. <laughs> um, no, so League of Their Own. Uh, most people know this. It's about the women's baseball team that happened during World War II when the players had to be off to war. Um, just like Sandlot, this is such a good baseball movie. Um, but because this is a good movie in the sense of just like the period stuff. Um, all the stuff that happened with the women's baseball team, like, you want to watch... Like, the movie ends, and I want more. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see more games. I want to see the next season, you know? Because the, the team you follow the whole time, again, doesn't win, you know? Um, but everything from, like, the baseball tryouts, which, man, the baseball tryouts are so good. John Lovitz in there is the <laughs> scout trying to find the players yeah. and that kind of thing. Like, just good stuff. Um, why you blow up the movie a little bit? You oh, man. made it it's, like your um, final pick. I just love. Uh, I mean, besides what you've said, I think the characters in this movie are like. It's a lot like the Sandlot, where I don't think there's an unlikable character, and even though most of them have their flaws, like you still love these characters and you want to see them do good. But not even just like watch them do good in baseball. Like you just want to know about their story and their life and. There's also just so many funny things like uh, Tom Hanks' character where he's the coach, but he's essentially just a washed-up washed up. old drunken baseball player, I think. And uh, he, he's just he's got so many funny lines. There's uh, one of the players uh, has, like, a son who's kind of more or less the unofficial mascot for the team. And right. he kind of just is just this annoying kid who pisses everybody off, and that's really hilarious. And I think it's just like... This is one of those ones where it's just such a solid movie, it's hard to really critique and break down, you know, sort of thing. So. It is, and, you know, the what, the, what you said about um, Tom Hanks and him, uh, you know, one, making fun of the kid, and it's funny when he actually throws, does he throw the ball or does he throw a glove? Because the kid's, like, making faces at him. And he throws something at the kid <laughs> and hits him and knocks him down. And he starts laughing like, ha I got him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then there's the scenes with, like, Marla Hooch. They have that video where they're showing off. Like, they have the, the newsreel of them showing off the team. And they go to Marla Hooch. And because she's unattractive, they don't want to put her up close <laughs> to the yeah. camera. So she's, like, way far back. And <laughs> yeah. she just kind of waves. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's just there's so much good in the movie. Um, Gina Davis is fantastic in this. Um, Madonna's really great. Rosie O'Donnell's really great. Um, this I noticed, like, as we talk about some of these movies... 
especially in other lists that we've talked about, a lot of the movies that we end up talking about, unless it's like comic book related, they are very, like, they come from a time period that right. we didn't have sequels. And, like, almost everything was a one-shot movie. Yeah. And you watched a movie and you were like, God, that was good. And then you find out someone hasn't seen it. And you, you haven't seen it? What's wrong with you? And you hand them the movie or, mm-hmm. like, you make sure they go and get it. We still do that to a degree. But less and less do I find people, like, that haven't seen things. And when I do, I'm like, Really? So, like, when you tell me you haven't seen... If you told me you hadn't seen Leaguer on your own, I'd probably be shocked. Yeah. Um, but if you tell me you hadn't seen Star Wars, I'd probably be like, well, there's probably a reason for that. Whatever. <laughs> to each his own. And because right. I don't want to start, like, a big argument or try and force you to watch this movie. Yeah. But, like, Leaguer on, I'd be like, you haven't seen this? What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but it just comes from a time period where we weren't looking at film in the franchise sense. Yeah. So much as we were, this is just a good story. For you sure. Know, I'm also so. just trying to, like, I feel like League of the, Their Own has such a good ensemble of characters that are all really interesting and quirky and funny. And I feel like, I don't know if it's like movies made uh, in the past, maybe, I don't know if it's like special effects weren't good enough or what it was, but I feel like the writing of these characters that people would put into movies, like, there's so many good, like, ensemble movies from back in the day. And, a lot of movies, like even Oscar contenders and stuff nowadays, I feel like a lot of them are just like the solo story of like, you know, one man who's on a mission to do oh, this. Sure. But I still, I'm trying to think of like a really great like group movie that's recent. And I know that's this is not, opening. That's not comic book. Exactly. And um, I know this is opening like a huge can of worms, but it's just kind of like. And you're you talking, know, and you're talking current, like. Yeah, like current. Post 2010. Like, yeah, I mean, because like I think teens. of like, like A League of Their Own, like the cast of characters like makes that movie for me and the same thing with Sandlot but then the same thing with like Princess Bride or like a handful of other movies just that were made in the 80s and 90s and before right and it's just kind of I know this is a very big ended hypothetical that we stumbled into it's just kind of making me no and that and that makes me go you know what I wonder myself and I'm gonna think on that maybe bring it back next week sounds good yeah Um, or maybe or we're in a stum. I have a feeling we'll stumble down this road later. But you know, it's that idea that at, remember remember back in the day, and I guess this kind of goes to that cult idea, like in the video store when you go, oh, you haven't, you like, uh, you know, like someone in the video store they rent. Back in the day, kids, we used to have video stores <laughs> that we'd rent movies yeah. from instead of watching them digitally on Netflix you, or Amazon. You know those things called uh, red boxes? We used to be able to go, go inside to an, of them. <laughs> <laughs> they were the right. size of your house. Right, but let's say let's say I were to go to a video store and I would get my I'd go and I'd rent Batman nineteen eighty nine with Michael Keaton. Yeah. The first Michael Keaton Batman movie. And I'd go up to the counter and someone would go, Oh, you like comic book movies? You should check this out and they hand me a copy of Dark Man. I'm like, I don't know what Darkman is. Like, you don't like, you don't know what Darkman is? How are you not know about this? You're a yeah. moron. You should watch this because you like <laughs> comic book movies. We don't really have that anymore, mm-hmm. and that's what I mean by that. So it makes me wonder, like, in terms of how we get information now is basically the internet as opposed to walking into the video store and exactly someone behind the counter telling you to watch something. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I have a there's a handful of people I know that um, will text me recommendations like, hey what do you think I should watch? I just finished watching this. And they mm-hmm. actually hit me up for my opinion, which I love. Those are like my favorite texts I get during the day is when I hear, hey, I just finished this movie. I loved it. Do you have anything else that would be really cool? 
of that ilk and I'm like, oh, you should totally watch this then. Mm. You know what I mean? And, you know, so I really, that's, that's probably some of my favorite conversations I have. And then when a text message comes across my phone, I always look down and I go, oh, it's not a fun one, you know? <laughs> nice. So, um, but yeah, I, that we got way off league of their own, but <laughs> right. for good purpose. Like, I mean, I think it really comes from like, we both agree that the characters and the sound ensemble that's built in this movie is so good and that's kind yeah, of Yeah, and they wrote it and they wrote it they wrote League of Their Own knowing I mean one they're trying to tell this true story but they knew that this movie was only going to sell if they wrote it in a way to to build that team dynamic. They had to make the team a family. Yeah. How do they do that? And they created a just a wonderful ensemble story uh, a a story that required an ensemble cast. Yeah. So Yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right, I, I don't know anything else to say. Neither, about it right neither now, do I. Sorry. Right now, I don't yeah. either. Uh, so that brings me to my final pick, which is Miracle. Okay, awesome. I, I kept quiet when you said yeah. that. Um, Miracle. Um, I don't know how I would put it if this was like all-time favorite movies, mm-hmm. but Miracle is definitely up there. I absolutely love this movie. I'm in terms of sports. I'm a huge hockey fan in general. Um, I was probably about three months old when this event actually happened mm-hmm. in real life. So in this odd, weird way of me not realizing it, I got to actually live through it. <laughs> yeah. um, but the story of these players, and like, yeah, we talked about Miracle earlier, but the story of these players, who they are, why they are, um, there's these great scenes. Um, so there's this one scene in the movie where they're in this game that's like leading up to the Olympics. They're in this game. And a couple of the players are talking about some girls in the stands. Like, hey, that's a cute girl over there, that kind of thing. I, I vaguely remember this part. And actually, Kurt yeah. Russell overhears them. Kurt Russell, the coach, overhears them talking, that having the conversation, and pisses them off. And then at the end of the game, he pulls all the players out on the ice. And he says, get on the line. And he's talking to them. And then he goes, we're running lines, go. And they start doing sprints on the ice. Yeah. And they finish. And Kurt Russell yells at them some more and runs them again. And they finish, and he yells at them some more, and he runs them again, and they're just running these lines, and there's people in the stands just watching. Yeah. Like, they lost, and they're getting yelled at by their coach, and they're just watching, and the assistant coaches are like, what do we do? Like, well, we basically got to let this go. Yeah. And then everyone starts leaving, and the players are like, good Lord, and then eventually the janitors want to go home, and Kurt Russell won't. He's just still running them and running them and running them, because he, cause he wants them, well... I don't want to say what he wants yet, but he's just drilling him to run these lines. And he's basically, like, killing him out there. And eventually the janitors turn off the lights. And the players are like, oh, thank God we're done. And Kurt Russell goes, you're not done. Go again. And they're still going. And eventually, and every time they end, he's like, you know, you can't win on talent alone. And you can't, you know, win unless you guys are a team. And you can't win unless you're a family. And blah, blah, blah. Like, those kind of, like, yellings. Like, yeah. trying to get them to understand. And the one kid eventually opens his mouth. And Kurt Russell, like, yells back, who do you play for? Mm -hmm. And he says, I play for the United States of America. And, like, that scene is just heart-wrenching, but it's also super uplifting because Kurt Russell goes, as soon as he says it, he goes, I play for the United States of America. Kurt Russell goes, that's enough, gentlemen. And all he wanted them to do is realize what they're playing for. 
Mm-hmm. Like you are playing against the best to be the best, and the only way we're going to win this is if we're the best, and we have to know that, and we have to come together as a team. And then later on, there's these great scenes where he considers bringing in another player, like late, and the players are like, "No, we can't have this. We have a team dynamic. We're a family. We don't want him." Yeah. And Kurt Russell's like, "No, he's an amazing player. We need him." And he's they're like, "No, we don't." And the players are telling him, "We don't want him because we don't want to upset what we have going right now." And Kurt Russell trusts that because he realizes that the team is coming together. There's so much stuff in this movie to get them to where they are in the end that is, like, so gripping all the way to the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, But this it's probably my all... If I had to pick an all-time favorite sports film, Miracle would be the number Mm -hmm. one pick every time. And, like, that's a... Like, I remember enjoying it a lot, and, like, I thought it was really good. I just, uh... It just I've I saw it like when it came out and like sure. not really since then so like the, my memories of it are so so much of the hockey stuff just kind of faded away for me and I think if I rewatched it maybe it'd go higher up on my list but sure yeah it was an honorable mention for me so no I know I it's okay I just didn't want to say anything because we were in the honorable yeah. mention segment and yeah. I would have said I matched it if we were later on I just was like I'm gonna keep quiet because I have things to say about this movie right on. Um, so I think that brings us to the end. So uh, next week we will be doing Christmas movies. We are doing standard Christmas movies. The only rule I have is that it has to be about Christmas. Okay. Now what? Okay. Can so, we define that? Because for some, okay. So this Christmas season, I've been hearing a lot of like. A are lot you gonna of bring talk. up the Die Hard thing? Well, not even <laughs> Die Hard. I heard. Okay, so the other day somebody tried to tell me that Home Alone isn't considered a Christmas movie. Home the, Alone's a Christmas movie. The those people are morons. <laughs> but the for some reason, I'm just seeing a lot of chatter about like, oh, this like a Christmas movie has to be about either Santa Claus. Uh, Frosty the Snowman, like there's a finite list of what it has to be about, and I feel like that's kind of crazy to me. But Home Alone is a movie about Christmas. I'm going to tell you why to put that to rest. Yeah, Home Alone's a Christmas movie because it's about a family taking a Christmas vacation. They leave the kid home because he gets into a fight and makes this big. I wish my family would disappear. Nonsense. Regardless of the hilarity ensuing, the kid is alone for Christmas. But at the end, he wants his family for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he makes that Christmas wish, I hope my family is back for Christmas. Yeah. The movie is about Christmas. Right. It is, it's, there is no gray area. It is black and white. The movie's about Christmas. Mm -hmm. Okay. Die Hard is a movie about a cop that goes to visit his wife at her job in LA and terrorists take over the building while (laughs) he's there during the Christmas party and he saves the day from the terrorists. Yes. That is not a Christmas movie. It's a movie about a cop. Deal. It's an action movie that takes place during Christmas. Right. But there's no, like, I mean, there's Christmas stuff in the movie. Like, there's a Santa Claus and a Christmas tree and that. Yeah. But it's not about Christmas. So, okay. Gremlins would be the same where it's not about Christmas, I'm assuming. See. Because it's about a bunch of monsters attacking a city during, during Christmas, Christmas, but it's actually like, but it's not about Christmas. Okay. Okay. Not so I wouldn't count Christmas. With that ba- Batman Returns is not about Christmas. Okay. It just takes place during Christmas. Now, with your logic, Krampus has to be considered a Christmas movie. Sure. And, I, and the I, idea of Kram- yes. Krampus is intrinsically, yeah, you know, involved Krampus with Christmas, is Christmas. Yeah. So okay. as far as I'm concerned, the rule of this, it has to be about Christmas. Okay. okay. I bet the Christmas spirit, the, you know, all of us coming together as a family and doing stuff at Christmas time, it's got to be about Christmas. Right. Um, 
Christmas has to play a heavy theme in the movie. It can't just be like, for example, Jurassic World, the first one, is technically a Christmas movie. <laughs> and I know there's some of you sitting in your cars driving to work or something listening to me saying this or listening to this on your like while you're mowing the lawn or well, you're not mowing the lawn now, yeah. shoveling the driveway, and you're going, How is Jurassic World a Christmas movie? Pay attention, guys. The kids take their Christmas break to go visit their aunt at the park. Yeah. So it's a Christmas movie. Um, Prometheus, the alien prequel, is a Christmas movie. How do I know that? Because when they come out of cryosleep, the captain's putting up a Christmas tree, and uh, the commander of the ship's like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's Christmas. Got to put up the tree. So what you're saying like, is it's not a Christmas movie, but it takes place it, at Christmas. Right. Yeah, it's okay. not a Christmas film, yeah. but it takes place at Christmas, so technically it's a Christmas film. Nice. <laughs> um but I'm just saying it has to be a Christmas movie. The reason I make the distinction is because next Christmas, we might say, let's do movies that take place at Christmas that aren't about Christmas. Okay, yeah, for but sure. But there's a lot of stuff going on the internet right now about Die Hard not being a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this big poll, and, like, because of, like, 67% of males and whatever percent of women and whatever percentage of this, everyone's saying it's not a Christmas movie. In a really weird way, it is. Okay. So... At any rate. <laughs> so you're just saying next week pick movies that are actually about Christmas. About Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so like Nightmare Before Christmas, that's a Is weird a Christmas movie. Honestly, it's a Christmas movie and it's a Halloween movie, so technically it should be a Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that's that's an example. It's about Christmas and that's the end game of this list. So top five favorite Christmas movies. Um, so that'll be next week. Sounds good. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, um, hey, we have, if you want to interact with the show, shoot us an email at top5report at gmail.com. We have a Facebook and Twitter, top five, at top5report. Um, we're on iTunes. Um, subscribe to us. Give us a review. Share us with your friends because we just always want more listeners. Um, check out our website, top5report.com. Um, if you want to follow me personally, I'm... Uh, follow me on Twitter at Drew3927. Uh, um, Peter? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre. Great. Um, yeah, that's all I got for tonight. So for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And Ryan's just going to sit quietly. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> so talkative. <laughs>